the word of God is, is amazing. And as we read God's word, God has given it to us to guide us, to strengthen us, to build our faith. The word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes. And that's why we spend time looking into God's Word each Sunday and encourage you to read God's Word each day of the week and to memorize God's Word, to store it in your heart. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with Jesus, the Messiah, gets a fresh start is created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. Now we read these verses and sometimes we can read them quickly and then just pass on. And the last three weeks we've been wanting to dig deeper into this verse. And for us to realize that when God is at work in our hearts, he begins with us and he begins to open our eyes to things that we have not seen before. The first thing we see is God. And then we see our own need. We see our sin. And then we see God again as our Redeemer, the answer to that problem. And then as we wait and we begin to grow in our faith, we begin to see things around us and we are moved by needs. And we seek to serve God by becoming engaged in helping the kingdom of God become realized in those areas of need. We do not live in the kingdom of God now. We live in the kingdom of this world. And that's why there's so much difficulty and suffering and pain. Because this is not yet the kingdom of God. If you know Christ, that kingdom has begun in you. And God desires that through you, his kingdom might become visible to others. As they see what God is doing in your life, in your heart. You get a fresh start. You are created new. And the old is gone, and then I put a dash in there before a new life burgeons. Because in reality, as scripture begins to teach us about our old nature, it tells us that the old is dead, it just doesn't know it yet. And there is a conflict between our old nature and our new nature. There's a conflict between the way we once lived and thought and who God wants us to become. Who we are becoming in Christ. As God is creating his character in us. And we become more and more like the Father's Son, Jesus. And he does this through the work of his Holy Spirit as the word of God is applied in our lives. We've been speaking about the broken walls. The broken walls really are a visible evidence of the old nature, of the consequences of the old nature. The people of Israel had God's word. They were to be a people of God, but they became idolatrous 
and turned away from God and God took them out of the land that he had given them. He took them out of the city. He took them away from the temple where they had worshipped and he destroyed all those things. And he took the people and he put them in exile. And then God in his grace, after a period of time, brought them back so that once again he might demonstrate his love and his grace through his people. And first he brought them back to rebuild the temple. And then he sent a man by the name of Ezra to come back who began to rebuild the people and to teach them about God's laws and how to walk with God. And then he sent a man by the name of Nehemiah who was going to help them rebuild the physical structure, the walls. Each of those migrations, each of those acts of grace were to lead the people to draw closer to God in their dependence. So we ask the question, what breaks our heart for God? Nehemiah's heart was broken for the broken walls which still spoke of God's judgment for sin against the people of Israel. What stands between your old life and your new life in your Jerusalem where you live? What stands between you? What is keeping you from going further with God? Of drawing closer to God? What is holding you back? And the problem we saw in our first message is that we tend to be blind to the things that are in our everyday life. We learn to live with the elephant in the room as we describe it. We ignore our own problems. We're great at seeing someone else's problem, but we're not very good at seeing our own. Jesus spoke of taking the two-by-four out of our own eye before we try and take the speck out of someone else's eye, right? And that implies that we don't see our own problem. It seems that we're very good at looking at someone else's. But have you ever noticed that I always notice the flaws in other people that is probably most obvious in me? If I wasn't dealing with something, I probably wouldn't notice it in you. So God begins by opening our eyes to our own problems, the thing that's holding us back. And Nehemiah said, you see the situation we're in. Open your eyes. Look at it. And in those broken walls, and as they saw them, Nehemiah saw his own sin, and then he saw the cause of their shame, and he spoke to the people, and they continued in prayer. And once people acknowledged their situation, once they acknowledged their sin, then God was prepared to work. And that was the first of the series that we preached two weeks ago. We then looked at what happens next. And last week we looked at how Nehemiah came to the people. He told them about the situation. He wanted them to see what he had already seen. And he wanted to share with them what God had done for him in enabling him to come from Susa all the way to Jerusalem to lead them to rebuild the wall. 
to deal with the problem that they had been ignoring. So he shared with them the problem. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in? Come, let's rebuild. Seems like such an easy solution. You can imagine people saying, well, duh, why not? Or maybe they said, we thought of that before and it seems like too much work. Or we can't do it. Or maybe they were discouraged or demoralized. But for whatever reason, up till now, no one had done anything. Nehemiah brings them the solution. Come, let's rebuild. And then he shares with them God's hand, that God has begun to answer prayer. We are now in a place where God is hearing our prayers and answering those prayers. He has begun by answering my prayers, and look what he has enabled us to do. We now have official permission to do this from the king. God is answering prayer. God's hand is moving. I told them about the gracious hand of my God on me. And they replied, Yes, let's start rebuilding. And it's an amazing thing when a people of God all agree together. And that's one of the reasons we want to do this life on mission together. Because God does amazing things when God's people are united together in purpose and action. And so they began this good work. And if this was a fairy tale, we would say, and they all lived happily ever after. And that's where we ended last Sunday. When you see the hand of God, it's time to say yes. Yes to God. Yes to doing what God is leading us to do. Well... That was last week. This is this week. So now we're into the third and last of these messages. It'll be the last of these messages, but it is the beginning of a work of God in you. And next week, we begin building the walls. Next week, we begin our project. And I suspect we might encounter some of the same things Nehemiah did. Whenever you start something for God, whenever you begin something new for God, or begin on a new path, whether it be you say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up gambling, or I'm, I'm not going to argue with my wife anymore, or I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get caught in those, those roundabout arguments with the kids, or I, I'm, I'm going to turn over a new leaf at work, and I'm... I'm you know, we, we have all these resolves, and once we begin something new, there's always the B-U-T. But, life happens. And we see as soon as they start to work, God's in it. But as soon as they start to work, but Sanballat the Horonite and the others, these were the, the Gentile rulers in the area, they mocked us and they despised us and they were upset by the work that we were going to do. Somebody is going to get on record as complaining. And these are the complaints that come from outside, outside the community. 
The first problem, the first issue that had to be dealt with was the complaints and the resistance inside me, inside you. Then once you begin, then you have to deal with the resistance that you face outside. So I answered them and I said to them, The God of heaven will give us success, therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. So you take your stand on faith and you begin. Yes, I see, now I'm beginning to see where the resistance is. I see where the opposition's coming from. But I know this is of God, so I'm going to keep going. And we are firm in our resolve and we begin. This is the fight. How do we stand? How do we, how do we stand against the pressure to quit? Because when you get pushback, you always think, well, maybe now's not the right time. Maybe we should wait a little bit longer. Maybe we, we can do something smaller. Maybe we can build a model of a wall and, and, or, or, or put a plaque on a wall or, you know, do something smaller and, and we won't stir up as much trouble. How do we fight? How do we stand against this pressure to quit? Because as you live the Christian life, as you seek to honor God in thought, word, and deed, you will encounter pressure to stop. And it is a spiritual pressure. Because we war not against flesh and blood. We have a spiritual enemy. I began by telling you that we are not yet in the kingdom of God. We are in the kingdom of this world, and the kingdom of this world is ruled by an evil spiritual being that we call Satan. Yes, I do believe that. And I also believe that we worship and serve the God of creation who has entered into this world to overcome all that Satan represents. And that is why we need to be redeemed. And that is why his kingdom is coming and why we seek that. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. Right now you're saying, whoa, this is a bit much for me. I thought it was just going to be something easy like joining a small group. I I thought maybe I was just going to be nice to my wife. I didn't realize I was into this kind of a conflict. But whenever your heart seeks to walk with God, you have a spiritual foe who wants you to stop. Maybe you find all of a sudden there's sickness in the house or there's trouble at work. Or other things begin to arise. And you say, why is it that whenever I want to do something for God, all this stuff starts happening? Or maybe I'm the only one who's experienced that. I think not. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers authorities, world powers, spiritual forces of evil, and remote controls that won't work when you want them to. This is why you must take up the full armor of God. The Word of God tells us that there is a spiritual armor and we need to put it on. 
If you're going into battle, you need to be prepared for battle. Take up this armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, Nehemiah and the people at work had to do this. They had to prepare themselves for the work that they were to do and undertake it and and be able to withstand the pressures to quit as they began building. They had to take their stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace in every situation, every situation. Take the shield of faith and with it you'll be able to extinguish all of the flashing or flaming arrows of the evil one. In this spiritual battle, the word of God warns us, prepares us, advises us, equips us. And the first thing that you notice is that it is about truth like a belt. When the Apostle Paul was writing this, he was a prisoner in Rome. On all likelihood, he, he was chained and chained to a Roman guard. And as he was writing this, he would be looking at that Roman guard and he was describing all of the armor that this Roman guard was wearing. I was talking with Hannah this week about this passage and she said, you know, we, we don't relate so well to ancient Roman armor anymore unless, of course, you're into video games and you probably understand it pretty well because you're adding all these things to your character as you, you play the game. But today, what stands for this belt of truth? Maybe we'd say the, the eyeglasses of truth that bring things into focus. But the reality of our daily life is that we deal and we fight against lies. We fight against lies that are perpetrated in this world. And every time you turn on your television, you are inundated with lies. Lies that you need to give up your car and buy a new one. Lies that your life will be made so much better if you take this medication. And then they give you a list of uh, contradictions that make your, your blood turn cold. But we're always told that our life is, is not good enough unless we do what someone else thinks we should be doing. And we should be living to another standard. We should be seeking our own good, not other people's good. These are all of the lies that are constantly being put into our life. I should deal with me first. I'm the most important person. Marriage is an equal affair. You ever heard that one? It's a 50-50 proposition? It's not. It's a hundred, a hundred. We each fully commit to one another. It's not if my wife does this, then I'll do that. It's I commit to love my wife. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, till death do us part. Today we say we're married until we fall out of love. Well, it's not about love if I've fallen out of it. 
Today we marry for lust, not for love. And when the romance and the attraction seems to wear off, we say, well, I'll look for someone else who attracts me or appeals to me. That's not love, that's lust. Love says, I will act in your best interest. I will do what is good for you, even though it costs me. We believe the lies. And so the first battle is a battle for truth. What has God really said? What is God saying concerning me? What does God say about love? What does God say about faithfulness? And so we begin with truth. And the truth is for Nehemiah that they had permission to build the wall even though the opponents came in and said, oh, you're just doing this for other reasons. You're trying to set yourself up as a king. You're trying to, you're trying to rebel. You're, you're trying to do this and that and the other thing. And they made up all kinds of stories, fake news. That was fake news. Righteousness like armor. Righteousness is right standing with God. Righteousness is what Christ puts to your account. You are righteous not because you are self-righteous, but because of what Christ has done, you are forgiven and you are deemed to be clean. All your sins, though they are scarlet, are now white as snow. You have the righteousness of Christ. And it's in that that we are protected. Because Satan will always tell you, you're not good enough. You failed. You'll never be good enough. And my answer is very simple. Yeah, sure, you're right. That's why I need Christ. And that's why I worship him and serve him. Because in him, I am complete. Your feet sandaled with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Am I ready to share the good news? Am I ready to share what God has, has done for me? And in every situation, take the shield of faith. My fallback situation will always be not to go back to the old life, but to stand my ground believing that God will enable me and that it is God who is at work in you both to will and to do. And with this, you'll be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. All of those arguments that say you can't succeed, you can't do it, you can't go ahead. And so, they rebuilt the wall till it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. They're making progress. And this becomes one of the danger points because now it seems like we're getting there. We're getting there. But as we get to this point, there's another kind of opposition that stirs up and that is the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to be moved. We'll never be able to do it by ourselves. Not another meeting. (laughs) They're not asking us to bring more food. They want more babysitters. When will it stop? 
When do we, when do we get to stop changing? Well, that's what a parent says when they've got a newborn. But you know what happens if you stop changing? There are more complaints. Now the complaints are from within. We begin to resist. I'm getting tired. This, is, this seems like a long haul. I didn't realize there was going to be this much work involved. You didn't explain this. You didn't tell me when I became a Christian that I would have to resist the old life and that there would be these conflicts inside and that I would have to continually deal with my sin and continue to grow in my faith. You didn't tell me that there was this walk. I thought I would just become a Christian and I got to be a new creation and then, oh, I'm a new creation. Life is great. Everything's going to work for me. I'll never get sick another day in my life. God's going to shower me with money and new cars and friends. And life is wonderful. (laughs) It ain't true. It ain't going to happen. You are engaged in the spiritual warfare. Christ has already won the battle for your soul. Now you are going to fight the battle to be salt and light in the world and to show others what God has done for you out of thankfulness and out of gratefulness. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That is, take up that armor, put it on, live with it, learn to use it. Work out that salvation with fear and trembling. You don't want to go back to the old way of life. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill whose good purpose? His good purpose. So do everything without... And why did God put these two words in there? Don't you wish you could take white out into your Bible sometimes? But the words are there. That we are to do all things without the grumbling, without the arguing. That means we work at unity. There is a work of unity that takes place in a church. And it doesn't come easy. And it does require self-sacrifice. And it does require allowing other people to take leadership at a time when perhaps you want to give leadership. It requires cooperating with other people. And yes, even attending another meeting if it's needed. But when you hit that halfway point, runners talk about, especially in marathons, they talk about hitting the wall as they run. A place where it feels they just can't go any further. And when you hit that halfway point, it's time to recommit to the vision, recommit to the promises of God's word, recommit to what you knew God was calling you to do when you started on the journey. And Nehemiah reminded the people that the battle they were in was a battle for their brothers, for their sons, for their daughters, their wives, and their homes. And if you are committed to the things of God, then God will be with you as you serve him. 
as we commit to the things that are important to God, God will enable us and see us through. Now when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the others heard that the repair of the walls was going on, they redoubled their efforts. The breaches are beginning to be closed. Now they're really angry and they begin to conspire together and and come to fight against Jerusalem and cause more disturbances within it. And now the, the, the battle is really raging. And the people are really being coming aware of their armor and what they need to do and how they need to engage in the kingdom. But we what? We prayed to our God and we guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. It's not an either or, it's both. We pray and we serve. We pray and we serve. Because as you pray, God will begin to touch your hearts about areas where you need to serve. And in the days of Nehemiah, we see that each one, as the walls were being rebuilt, each one was rebuilding the wall next to their home. Each one was rebuilding the wall next to where they lived. Because if the enemy was going to attack, and you're building the wall next to your house, guess what? If the enemy's coming next to my house, I want this to be the best part of the wall. So I'm committed to making sure that it's a good build. And it's for your children and your children's children that you seek to see the continuance of the ministry of God's word. And then we read, so the wall was completed in 52 days. Folks, we can't choose the color of paint in 52 days. And they built a wall. They were together. When God's people work together and pull together, you will be astonished at what God is willing to do in this congregation. You will say as they did, when our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence. For they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of God. Amen? Is that what we desire? Amen. And I think the kids are going to come and join us at this point. We desire a fresh start. We look inside and what we see is that anyone united with Jesus, the Messiah, gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. And there's that space, that semicolon, that has been these three messages. So you can say, our new interim pastor preached three sermons on a semicolon. (laughs) A new life burgeons. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds.